Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Today I'm talking with Jeremiah, one of our students that has been with us for how long? When did you get here? Uh, late August. Late August, and we're talking now in November, so you're through uh, one semester just about, almost. You got, you got the crunch time left. How the class is treating you so far? So far, pretty good. There's a few things where I got a little lower grade than I wanted, but I'm still doing good. So what are you going to do about that? Uh, work a little harder. All right. And in what classes are you taking right now? So far right now, we're taking uh, Bible study methods, um, theology of missions, and then we're doing a personal development class and an Old Testament survey. Okay. Tell me, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Snohomish, Washington, from the PNW. All right, and and that's quite a bit of distance here from northern Wisconsin. It is. So how did you hear about the Nicolay Bible Institute? So I have an uncle who lives about two and a half hours away from here. Okay. And he's a youth pastor, and one of his youth groupers, uh, Cole, he ended up coming here, or it was Luke, I can't remember which one, both brothers, came here, and he toured it with him and that's how he found about silver birch ranch and last winter during christmas my uncle told me about it and then i started doing my own research and then ended up deciding on coming here well good uh, we're glad that you're here and what what is it that drew you to nicolay bible institute why didn't you go to you know uh, harvard or something so originally i did not plan on going to a bible institute it wasn't till about last october last October, November, that I really started really thinking about, like, why would I not go to a Bible school? And that when I realized that when I couldn't come with a good reason to not go to Bible school, I decided to put my farrier plan, so horseshoeing horses, on hold for a little bit and then start pursuing between a couple different Bible colleges that I could go to. I was looking at Ethnos. Okay, Ethnos 360 in uh, Waukesha there. Yep, Um, Montana Wilderness School of the Bible. Okay. Indian Bible College, and then I found about Nicolay. Okay. And when I started doing research, the way that it was partnered with the summer camp was what really, and the very, looks like, from what I saw, and I can see it now, very much about practical ministry and really applying that yep. part of it. And that was what really drew me here. It really is. I think you're typical of young people that are looking at colleges today, trying to figure out what is the value of college right now i mean should i go four years should i go two years should i go to a, a, a nicolay bible institute which is a one-year school and get a background and get into something because quite honestly there are uh, careers that you can be a part of that you don't need four-year degrees for now whenever i say that i get people who have sacrificed and gone to college if they seem to contact me and say well dave you know you're you're telling us that we all wasted our time and effort I'm not saying you waste your time and effort if you go to college, but you could. If you're going to be a welder, the, the, the thing you probably should do is go into welding and, and be an apprentice, go to either a tech school or go to a welding company and, and ask how to do this and get right into it. Let them tell you what you need to do. In fact, people who want to get in ministry, I tell them that. You should go to a ministry that you like, and you should be a part of that ministry Ask questions that you need to ask, and they can tell you how to get into it. So if you need to go back to school for four years, they'll tell you. But if you don't need it, they'll tell you that too. And so you actually have an education that's practical. The thing I love about Nicolay Bible Institute is 
it teaches you the foundations of life, no matter what business, no matter where you end up. You need to know God. You need to know how to communicate your love for God. And you need to serve. You need to learn how to die to yourself. And those are things that we really work on. Do you see those being, uh, do you see us making an effort in those two areas, knowing God and, and serving while you're here? I do, because every, everything we do is about getting to know his character more and all the classes, getting to know his character, no matter what it is, it's all relates back to that. And then also a lot about serving him with the volunteer hours on the weekends and then also the one outside ministry. Okay. So we're not just knowing him, we're actually doing something about it. And you're working in a in a in an actual ministry where everyone's doing that on the on the weekends when people come up or whenever they're here, we're all banding together and doing things. We all share dish crew, which is washing dishes because we all eat and that kind of thing. So very cool. Now, what do you want to do in life? I mean, you talked about, you used a big word back there about something that had to do with horses. What is that? Yes. So, my, it's more up in the air now. It used to be rock solid, and then the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I wonder if I want to get more into ministry instead. But my original plan is to be a farrier, so someone who shoes and trims horses. And my original plan was to go all the way down to Missouri to a farrier school there. Okay. But now I'm not so sure, and I might go to one that's in California that's shorter, less money, so I won't have to save up as long. Okay. And then move to the other uh, ranch slash uh, family camp. Christian. Okay. And, and, what, and you would, I'm trying to picture what a farrier does in ministry. So they have some horses there. Okay. So, and their area is very rural. And they're they're just starting up, so I'm going to have to raise support. So I can also use my farrier skills to connect with the community. Okay. And shoe their horses. And then also make a little bit of a living so I can still survive. You know, that's a great idea to to be able to use a skill that God gives you, a love that God gives you of both horses and and being a farrier uh, to in infiltrate, if you want to say, the community and show them the love of Christ. Now, you know what's interesting, though? You, you do know that in a lot of places, the idea of a farrier horseshoeing, it seems like the old, old west to most of us. Most of us today in today's society don't think of horseshoeing as a modern day job. Like everything gets kicked out by a factory. Can you print horseshoes on a on a like one of those laser printers or something and put them on? You know those. They have those printers that print everything. How do you make a horseshoe fit? I mean, where do you buy them pre-made or what do you do? So some people, it's more expensive to do this because it takes a lot of labor. But you can actually just make them straight from bar stock, which is basically just a flat piece of steel. A certain, you'd me, you'd measure you'd measure a length before you cut it and then make your shoe out of that. But also you can buy preset shoes and they have different sizes and you'd buy the closest you'd you'd use the closest size to that horse's foot and then you would uh, basically improve the shoe for the horse's okay. foot. So do a little bit of whatever you needed to do to make it fit the horse. So it's not like the old west where you just show up with a bunch of steel and and. You have to make the shoe from scratch and, and put it on and don't do that. But no. that would be very cool for schools, by the yes. way. There is one, that school in Missouri, they teach you how to do that. You know what I would think would be cool? You're talking about ministry. 
I think being a blacksmith would be the coolest thing. And then you could do that at a summer camp. I'm just picturing here at Silver Birch Ranch, where if you were a blacksmith all summer long, there would be kids all summer long watching you do things and being amazed because they live in the year 2023 and they're coming from cities. So to have a blacksmith do something and actually create products, so it starts like a metal bar or whatever it might be and end up something, you know, regardless, because blacksmiths can do all kinds of crazy things from making knives and making axes and making whatever. Um, That'd be very interesting, by the way, because that would put you right in the middle of, of ministry and it would also uh, allow you to be shoeing horses and other things. Is there a difference between what you're talking about and what I'm talking about blacksmithing? Is blacksmithing different than what, whatever word you use? So blacksmith typically is just someone who works with metal, but back in the, in the more like the 1700s, 1800s, a blacksmith did everything involving metal. So they would be also a farrier. Okay. So they'd also take that role too, but now it's main, they're more or less separate. So a farrier is pretty much with horses. Yep, and a blacksmith's more of like an artist. Okay. Well, I, I wonder if if really a blacksmith would give you more ministry opportunity because then you could do both. Yeah, I I want to learn a blacksmith. How, how do you learn to blacksmith? I, I mean, are there schools for blacksmithing? So you can actually learn blacksmithing at some farrier schools, okay. and then you can also learn them at just like a blacksmithing school i think they have some but they're far few and far between oh i bet you they are uh, you know my first thought is everybody today just goes to youtube to learn it i mean can, maybe you can go to youtube to learn it i have no idea but then you wouldn't be certified as a blacksmith is there a certification for a blacksmith i would assume so i know there is for for being a farrier but i don't know about being a blacksmith okay i anyway i think there's there's tremendous opportunity for ministry there and, and really, I love your heart, Jeremiah, where you're saying, I, I, I want to get into ministry. I want to show people the love of Christ. So I'm looking for ways that God made me. Correct me if I'm assuming some wrong things here, but I'm looking for ways that God made me that I can use my life and my skills and my talents to show the world who he is while I love people and while I love horses. Uh-huh. And so you put all that together and you get this great career. Can you imagine doing something the rest of your life that you actually love to do every day? I can. And it just like when I think about it, thinking about like, I know it will be hard, really hard in ministry, but just thinking about kind of like makes me think of the fact that if I could just have an impact on just like one or two people, I yep. mean, it would be worth it if I wasn't, if it wasn't worth it. I wouldn't be putting a high value on their life. I'd be saying that like almost my life's more important than theirs. Okay, now when you say it could be hard in ministry, what would make ministry harder than if you did it not in ministry? Um, so I meant just like in ministry. Ministry is typically like harder than just working like a nine to five job. And, and why do you say that? I'm well, just trying to get in your head. So, yeah. so from like the books I've read that we have had to read through the school, like for radical and like, uh, Hudson, I, well, this wasn't a book I got to pick, but Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secrets. And then some of the uh, the Vaughn magazines, The Voice sure. of the Martyrs. Um, they, they they had to really, because it wasn't there what they were doing, they really had to really put a lot of trust in God. And even through those hard times that really brought them and broke them down, but they were still able to keep going through what he has promised. And like in Radical, it says like the one, one of the three things is break me. 
Right. And you can't, and it says like, you can't really have a successful ministry if he does not break you first. So I know that it's going to happen and I know that's going to be hard. And I'm going to try and like, remember that. And actually I'm going to try and want it to happen. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. The reason I ask you is because there's sometimes people throw things out there and, and they haven't thought it through, but it sounds like you've thought this through a little bit because when you go into anything, I don't care what it is, you're talking about being a horseshoer a farrier, um, as uneducated people call it horseshoers, uh, but a, a farrier or a blacksmith and using your life and your skill to bring people to Christ, immediately I think, okay, d- there is a war that's going to ensue. There, there's a war because Satan hates the fact that you might find the way that you were created and actually enjoy that. And go through the rest of your life radiating who Christ is to everyone you meet. So Satan would hate that. I mean, you've heard me say in class right now, if the two groups that seem to get attacked in the entire world are Christians and Jewish people. Yes. So you look at that and you go, well, why? Well, it's the same God. Now, the, the Jewish people that are not Christians just don't know the Messiah yet. And, and when they do... They'll be Christians. And and one day, everyone will know that Jesus is God, and we know that. But look how Satan battles those two groups. And all the way through history, whether it be through Voice of the Martyrs or whether it be, you know, that, that you get exposed to it. So if, if the truth in the Bible teaches us that God created you while you were in your mother's womb, and he made you, and he formed you, and, and gave you specific talents, specific abilities— So now I'm talking to a young man who just loves the idea of putting shoes on horses and making things so that he can participate in what God's doing. And I'm looking at that going, I've never had that love, but I'm glad you do because that's part of the body that we can applaud. And Nicolai Bible Institute, Silver's Ranch, whoever, we can all be a part of helping you get ready for that, that moment where you go and do that for people. And any young people that are listening need to understand the same principle applies to them. They, they are people who were created in their mother's womb by God. They were crafted by God. He makes no mistakes. And you're given certain triggers, I call them, that when they're flipped, it's like, yeah. So for me, I've been here at Silverberg Trance for since forever, you know, so it's been a long time, over 50 years. And and I don't know that I ever really came to work. I, I get up and I do things that I'm made to do. I mean, you you have me as a teacher in class. Do I act like this is a chore? Uh, no, I've never seen you like all dopey. No, uh, so complaining. I <laughs> appreciate that. I didn't even pay him for that either. But no, because in fact, half the time I, I have trouble getting to my notes. Because it's like, no, I got so much I got to talk to you guys about. There's so much in life that I want you to know. And so every time I teach, I'm excited about the fact that I get to teach. And I'm, I'm pushing 70 years old. I'm on the upper side of the 60s. And I'm, and I'm still getting up going, I got to go teach him something. Now, and that's what I wish for every young person is that you find the spot in life. Now, has it been where people haven't attacked and, and, and you always have enough money? No. Satan loves to try and discourage, and that's why you need to know the Bible. And if you don't know the Bible, you're going to be in trouble from, from the start. So 
So I'm very proud of you and, and what you, where you're at today. But I also know that you're entering a, a war zone. Because Satan will do everything he can to try and get you to not be successful at anything that you do because the ultimate goal you have is to share Christ with people. Yes. So I guess I just have to really fall in like Psalms 1, 1 through 2, where it's talking about like don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly and then like meditate on the, or in verse 2, meditate on the law day and night. And really right. make sure that it's not just uh, reading the Bible, but also knowing it so that it just ruminates through my mind throughout the day so I can really yeah. remember his promises when I get discouraged. Absolutely. You know, what? one of the, the great things that I have done in life is come up with all these little sayings. That, and these sayings just come to my head when I need them. For example, and you've heard me say some in class, like, do I, do I think God loves me? And the answer is yes. Well, then the next thing is, then I need to act like it. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm adjusting my brain because I'm I'm acting as if God doesn't love me, even though I know He does. Here's something I'll give you a practice to to do in life, and and I and I ask every young person to do this in life. There will often be times where your feelings, your emotions, um, start to guide you. You know, you're going to feel a certain way. And the feelings and emotions and, and ideas that you have, you're going to start to think um, they could be discouraging you or whatever else it might be. The thing I would in invite you to do is to always remind yourself of what you know, not what you feel. And, and when you have that in your head, that there's, there's this area of stuff that I actually know, and then there's this area of feelings the feelings don't always line up with what you know. Okay, so for example, I'm driving a car down the street. And I'm from Chicago, so you don't, you don't like it when people cut you off or do things. And so somebody cuts me off, and immediately I want to just gun it, get in front of them, and jam on the brakes. That's a feeling. What I know is that's childish. Okay, so now what I have in my head is this, what am I going to do? Am I going to act like a child or am I going to do what I know I should do? And what should I do? I should just calmly drive, wave at the guy, be nice. You know, I mean, that's what I should do. What do I want to do? I want to go gun it and show me he shouldn't cut me off like that. So that's what I encourage you to do because here, here's what happens through life. Satan begins to get you on those feelings things. And, and the feelings start to be all prevalent, and, and before you know it, you're destroyed because you, you've trusted what you feel rather than what you know. Now, take that back a step and say, when is it that you learn things so that you have this base of what you know? Well, every day. Okay. You, you have to learn it. You have to continue to learn it every day because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or if there's going to be a tomorrow and if you don't if you keep waiting for tomorrow uh, it's never going to get done if you right. if you wait to fold your laundry till tomorrow um it'll probably use all the laundry before you end up folding it that's right so you're going to end up with a wrinkled shirt that's a good example i mean you fold it when it comes out and it's ready to be folded because if you're going to wait you know the bottom line really is so many times and this is hard for young minds to grab but so many times wh what you have to do is make sure that you are 
learning who God is during the calm times of life, right? So if you learn during the calm times of life, you're learning who God is, you're learning of his faithfulness, you're learning it now all of a sudden you get into a turbulent time of life. This is why I as an old person can come to you and say, you need to remind yourself what you know. Now, can you imagine me saying that to somebody who doesn't know? Yeah, there wouldn't really. I mean, you can't. If you don't know, you don't know. So it would be hard for you to know what promises to look to because if you don't remember anything, you're basically just just doing whatever you feel like. Right. So it, it really important now is I'm looking at you. How old are you? Uh, 18. So you're 18 years old. You know, you're, you're still young and learning and trying. You're, you're in Nicolay Bible Institute right now. Your meals, most of them are being cooked for you. You're, you're being taken care of. So I'm saying, you know, during this time in life, gear it up. Get to know God. Spend time in the Bible. Get to know who he is. And, and I know you know that. So what habits would you think you have to develop, or you are developing either way, to make sure that you're in that knowledge area of who God is? So for me, I try and read the Bible each morning, but I also feel, I feel like I need to start reading at night because I remember when I'd have trouble with math, I would sometimes do my do some math right before I'd go to bed. I wouldn't be able to get it, and then I'd wake up in the morning, and it would I'd be thinking about it all night when I was asleep, and I'd be able to solve the problem. So I think if I can really, that's the last thing I do. It's not on my phone. It's in the Word, in God's Word. I feel like then it will really be, that will be what's on my mind instead of like some video of a guy driving an excavator or something. Right. Or you, chainsaw. You, you know, it's really cool what you just said is so powerful because as, as an old educator, my, my, my education is actually in education. It isn't in Bible. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was a fifth grade teacher and then I got my master's in education and then we came up here. And so I've just been in education. I haven't been in, in other areas of, of the world as far as education goes. But one thing I know is that what you think about right when you go to sleep, you think about all night long. So think of how many people they're trying to go to sleep and they're worried about something. They're worried about tomorrow. They're worried about. So as they go to sleep, they're thinking about we're not going to be able to pay that bill tomorrow. We're going to have, you know, or something, or I'm going to get a bad doctor's report on my health or whatever it might be. So all night long, they're dwelling on that while they sleep. Yeah. And then they can't figure out why we have an anxiousness problem. Yeah. So right before you go to sleep, it is important that you think about things that you should think about as you go to sleep. Now, some people might say, well, then don't watch the news or whatever. Well, it's the last thought before you go to sleep that, you know, I mean, you can adjust as you're going to sleep what you're thinking about. You can you can say a memorized verse. You can think about something in the quiet. You can do whatever. In fact, we've developed uh, here at Nicolay Bible and, and Silverbird Trance, we developed a podcast called Nighttime for that. And that's the whole purpose of it is I talk for a half hour very calmly, just calmly. Oh. And, and I really, if someone has comments or they want to interact, I don't even do it. I delete it because uh-huh. right? it's not the purpose to interact with me. The purpose is I'm going to talk calmly about something for a half hour, and I hope you fall asleep while I'm talking. It's the only podcast where we're hoping you don't finish it. Okay. You, you actually fall asleep while I'm talking, and you think about what the scriptures say. 
And I always tell the people that are listening to it, whoever they are, um, you know, go get the Bible out. Don't, because some come home from work and listen to it, not while they're going to sleep, but to just kind of gear them up for the evening. But yeah. the whole purpose was, I want to have something in my head as I'm going to sleep that'll calm me. And I learned this in high school, okay? because when I was in high school, um, it was the time where the Beatles were going, the Rolling Stones, all those, all those wonderful old groups, I guess. And, and so you go to sleep and you listen to rock and roll. You go to sleep. And, and I was restless. And then so one night I'm flipping around the radio. I'm in Chicago and I'm flipping around the radio. And all of a sudden I heard this guy go, good evening. And I stopped because he said, good evening. You know what I mean? It's night. This guy said, good evening. Who is he? And then he went on and talked. And it was uh, WMBI. It was a Christian station. I believe his name was Chuck Wagner. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but he had this program. And I, I listened to it. And it actually changed my life. I wouldn't admit to any other high school kids I'm listening to a Christian WMBI guy talk at night while I'm going to sleep. But it changed how I thought because all night long I'd be thinking about what this guy was saying. And I always thought, God, if I ever have a position where I could do this, I'm going to, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to do it. And, and that's why we started it in the first place. So I want to encourage you right before you go to sleep, yes, read the Bible. Uh, not only that, do you have a plan where you try and read the Bible through every year? Uh, so typically I do, and then, but I've typically, I, at some point during the year, I fall off. So I'm really trying to get onto that to make sure I consistently do it. Yeah, I'll encourage you even further is to get on it so that you finish it before you're supposed to. Yep. And that's the fun part. So, so when, whenever you're reading it, if you can say, I'm going to read a couple days today, do that. Yep. And not when you're in uh, the uh, reading crisis mode where I have to do it because I'm, I'm way behind. Yeah. You know, again, and I've said this in class that if you read fifth grade level, you read the Bible aloud, you read it for 15 minutes a day, you'll finish it in a year. Yep. So it's not like we're, you're sacrificing a whole lot of time to do that. And just reading the, reading the Bible through is different than studying passages in the Bible. Yes. Reading the Bible through, you do that so that you can be somebody who actually gets the, the context of the whole. It, and, and for some people, that's hard to do because you have to switch your mind a little bit. You have to switch it to, I am going to just read it to get the context. I'm not going to read it and ponder it and think about it. I have a hard time with that yes. because I, I'm a ponderer. So I see something and all of a sudden it's like, hmm, I wonder what that meant. And now I'm looking all over the Bible to try and figure out other passages that say that, the words that say it. So I actually, though, do discipline myself. I have on my iPad a program. Here's what I need to read today. And I will say, you. the minimum I need to do is read this today. And then I start getting to where the whole thing is, is set up so that I understand the context. And then when I go teach a passage, the whole Bible is in my brain somewhere. And, and hopefully I've got it in the right context. And that's what we need to have. Well, we're going to continue this discussion in the next uh, half hour as well. And I, I thank Jeremiah for coming. And uh, we're thankful that uh, we have some listeners that are listening. All over the, the world, really, they listen to this. So we're thankful for them and ask that hopefully this is a program that will drive them to God and allow them to see who he is and his faithfulness and his mercy and his grace. But for now, I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch.
We're on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute here in northern Wisconsin. Goodbye for now.